myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words and maybe Hi, welcome along to NUFC Matters. Uh, I'm joined by George Mitchell for another episode of Those Were The Days. And um, we're back in the 50s still. George, what year, what season are we going for this week? 53-54. 53-54. Uh, still in those Halicon days of uh, FA Cup glory. So uh, well, where are we starting? Well, well, we're starting really at the end of the, of the, the previous season because, uh, as you remember... Um, there was still a lot of controversy in Newcastle about all the things that had gone, that horrible tour of Africa uh, and, and so on. And so things things still weren't settling down. And in fact, there was national controversy about the championship because that year Arsenal won the title, but they won it on goal average. They didn't use goal difference in those, two, those days. And I've, I've worked it out that uh, Arsenal won the title, beat Preston uh, by... 0.099 of a goal. Now, you know, when you get to those uh, sort of calculations, you think, is, is it worthwhile? So I think uh, goal difference was the best way to settle that, I think, eventually. But uh, Arsenal's goal average was 1.51 and Preston's was 1.41. Uh, and and the, the, the winning margin was a, was a hair's breadth. So that, that set things going. Uh, but uh, we... we didn't get off to a flying start uh, uh, that season because uh, um, no sooner had the uh, uh, the season got underway when the, there was seven first team players who would asked for a transfer. Um, and uh, the other thing to note is that suddenly Norman Smith isn't just a trainer anymore. He's now become our assistant manager. Uh, and I think... Uh, that's something to do with the fact the way that Norman persuaded players to stay where they were rather than than, than go bombing off. But uh, the other big thing, of course, was that uh, Joe Harvey decided to retire. Now, there's a massive change for us. Um, I think the first two photos are of Joe Harvey. Um, that's him at home, relaxing. And uh, the next one, I think, is uh, the Joe Harvey we remember with the FA Cup. Um he, he decided to retire and he became the manager of Crook Town, which didn't seem like a, a major change to, that you'd expect for somebody like Joe Harvey. Uh, but he went to Crook Town. And the irony is, is the very next year, Crook Town won the FA Amateur Cup for the first time, beat Bishop Auckland, who virtually owned that trophy. But with Joe at the helm, uh, they, seemed to do, they seemed to do wonders. Um, and the uh, all the pundits had us um, really in a relegation battle. They, they didn't fancy our chances greatly that year. The teams that were fancied were Arsenal, were Preston, West Bromwich Albion. They were the three that everybody thought would uh, challenge for the title. Uh, but we were nowhere to be seen in that sort of uh, 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 thoughts. Um, and the reason was fairly fairly simple i mean we had this problem with these players wanting to be uh, have their names on the transfer list if you go through the, the next few photos uh steve I'll, I'll talk over the photos 
George Hannah was the first team player. He wanted to wear. That's him, incidentally, in a Manchester City strip, which where he ended up eventually, but not that time. Uh, Norman Norman Smith but, uh, persuaded him to stay. And the next one is uh, another one. Um, that's uh, Alan Monkhouse, who uh, had hardly joined the club from uh, from Millwall, and. Uh, he was persuaded to stay as well. Then there's an just got the next one, Steve. And this is Billy Fuchs. This is Billy Fuchs, who, who was the Welsh lad who played either in, in, in midfield or on the right wing. Very talented player, played for Wales for a lot of years. And he decided, as you can see from his strip, uh, to go to Southampton. And that in itself, uh, wasn't an easy shift because uh, um, so after he'd been there about three weeks, Southampton decided that they'd been sold a pup. They went to the FA and complained that they'd got a player who wasn't properly fit and all the rest of it. And uh, so there was there was an FA tribunal who, who uh, interviewed Bill Fuchs and, and he went for a medical. When he came back, they said, well, we can't find anything wrong. He's, he's okay. Meanwhile, uh, Bill Fuchs boats on his feet and he goes back to Wales and starts to play in the Welsh League with one of the Welsh teams. <laughs> and he came back for a short while, played a couple of games at Southampton and scored a couple of goals just to uh, just to show that he was uh, fit and ready to play. Um, but the, it was so soured, his relationship with Southampton was so soured. He, he disappeared back to Wales, and that's that's where he stayed. And he played uh, Welsh football for about another ten years. So he, he was well into his forties. Um, but uh, typical Newcastle, no, nothing nothing goes smoothly or straight for Newcastle United. Um, there should be another uh, photo, Steve. I'm not sure. We're into this one now. All right, that's Tommy Walker shaking hands with the king at the cup final now tommy walker was another one who wanted a transfer and unfortunately uh, even though he was a local lad um i think there's another one of tommy straight after steve if, if they're in the right order. that's that's him scoring at uh, white hart lane against spurs um great uh speedy right winger good shot very clever and, and very dangerous all, always ready to uh, score a goal or two if if necessary um, and even the next one might be Tommy, I think. I don't know. No, that's Reg Davis. Leave that one for the time being. Tommy Tommy Walker decided he wasn't uh, going to stay, and he went to Oldham. And the difference was that Oldham had offered him and his wife a very posh house in, in Cheshire somewhere, and that was, the, that was the thing that swung it for Tommy Walker. And off Tommy went. And he, there's no doubt he was a miss, but... Uh, uh, fortunately, we, we, we had uh, people sort of coming in the background who could play right wing, like Len White. And of course, in in, in emergency, Jackie Milburn could play on the right wing and Vic Keeble in the centre or Len White in the centre. Um, so Tommy wasn't exactly a huge miss, but but it was sad to see a local lad go um, uh, to, to Oldham. Um, the next one that was... Uh, uh, was up front. So it was Reg Davis, the Welsh inside forward. Clever little player. Um, always um, get two or three goals. In fact, more than two or three goals. Always got double figures and goals from 
uh, being midfield, which which was unusual in those days. Um, I think the next one's him as well. It is Welsh strip, I think. Aye, uh, that that's uh, that's Red Davis in, in his in his Welsh strip, and uh, a really um, a lightweight sort of character. He's sort of Tony Green character in terms of build, uh, but clever and and quick and and a, and a good shot on him. Um, now he was persuaded by by Smith to stay, by Norman Smith to stay, and he did stay, uh, and and went on and had a couple of two or three good seasons with. Her. Um, I'm trying to think who else is on. Oh, I think Ron Batty may be the next one. No, no, Bob Stoko. Bob Stoko uh, wanted a transfer as well. Um, another local lad who, who, um, you know, the, the, uh, um, would have been sad to, to go, but he. he he was persuaded by Norman Smith to uh, to stay, and and uh, I think you're seeing why Norman Smith suddenly became assistant manager, not just a trainer, because he was doing a lot of work behind the scenes, uh, keeping these lads happy. I think he bought them. I think he upped their wages, to be perfectly honest. And that's of course the, the famous Bob Stoke statue outside of another place in the northeast, which I, I won't mention, but um, thoroughly deserved as far as they're concerned. I mean, you, you know. He, to do what he did with that team and and, and win the cup was uh, worthy of, worthy of something special. So Bob Stoker decided to stay. I, I don't think there's anybody else actually. Yes, I think there's Ron Batty maybe the next one. Uh, oh, that's um, we've talked about Alan Monkhouse. That's him again. That's a sketch of Alan Monkhouse. No, go go back. To, oh, that's Ron Batty. That's that that was the next one I was looking for. Another local lad, left back, who was who was for various reasons, like a lot of the others, was fed up. And I think this is all a throwback to the previous season when the place was in such turmoil. But again, Norman Smith persuaded Ron to settle down and 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 fight for his place and so on. And and, and I think people were glad that he did. So we had another um uh local player that was that was rescued. Um and now Newcastle, and, and I've got to say, it's one of the things Seymour did do, which was very important. When he knew Harvey was gone, as soon as he knew Harvey was gone, he went after this bloke, Jimmy Schooler from Portsmouth. Now, Jimmy was uh, captain of the Portsmouth team that won the championship twice, two years running, played for Scotland, um, and an extremely fit uh, player. Uh, and hard those thick thighs of his are, aren't an accident he was a before he joined Portsmouth he was a PT instructor in the Navy and uh, he had all did all sorts of exercises to strengthen the lower part of his body and you can see his thighs were very well developed and he had a heck of a reputation for tackling uh, they, they used to say if you've been tackled by school you know you've been tackled and uh, what a um, uh, clever player he was as well and, and again from from midfield, he he wasn't uh, uh, afraid of uh, uh, you know of, of not getting the odd goal in as well. So that's the one thing School had, had what uh, Seymour did actually was to get another captain who could replace Harvey, because there's no doubt about it. Joe Harvey was going to be a big miss, but to get somebody in who'd captain the, the league champions uh, straight away and be a Scottish international, uh, and Jimmy Schooler was was the fit, and I think he. He demonstrated in the subsequent seasons what a what a good and, and sensible signing that that he was, uh, schooler. Um, so now 
starting to to, to to settle down into something something like a season um however meanwhile while all this is going on at st james's park a few miles down the road at another place they've just acquired the title the bank of england club the bank of england club because they'd signed 10 players all current internationals billy elliott ray daniel george Aitken, jimmy cowan all playing for their, their countries and all at prices above twenty thousand pound i mean it was it was incredible uh um and that's what happened the, the press uh, labeled them the bank of england club interestingly enough it, it when when they signed ray daniel the center half captain of wales from arsenal for thirty thousand, it prompted the arsenal chairman to write to the fa and say it's time the FA did something about Sunderland. This this is unfair. They're spending all this money and nobody else can keep up with them. Does that sound familiar? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not fair. They're spending all this money and nobody else is going to get a look in. Um, and they, 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 as I say, this they bought ten. I mean, Billy Elliott was playing for England and from Burnley, and the, and they bought him. And uh, it was it was just incredible. In fact, to to rub salt into the wounds, as far as we were concerned, they actually tried to buy Jackie Milburn from us. And the reason they tried to buy him was that one of Jackie's best friends and people don't don't re re remember this or re realize this was Len Shackleton. Shaq, Shaq and Jackie were, were great mates on and off the pitch. Their wives were friends. So I think Sunderland thought, well, uh, if if he wants to come here and Shaq's here, it, he, he might do it because he'd he'd had that in that, that previous season, he had been tempted to ask for a transfer because he, he felt a bit uh, upset. He'd had an injury, he'd been out of the team a lot. Um, but he, he in the summer, he'd, he'd gone back to his his professional running friends at powder hall and they got him fit i think that that that's really what happened uh but lo and behold jackie wasn't interested in a, in a transfer to sunland and and thank goodness he wasn't i i think seeing jackie milburn in a red white shirt might have made me slightly sick and, and nauseous i think but never mind um he decided he would he would stay where he was and and, and uh thank goodnesses but just to, to demonstrate what's what was happening at, at roger park um they had a um, similar style of pre-season that we had. I think I mentioned to you, it was the last time or the time before, that we used to have practice games where the reserve defence, sorry, the, the, the full uh, team defence used to play against the full team forwards. And of course, if, uh, they played in a, uh, white shirts and striped shirts. Uh, and, and after that game, they used to play possibles, the probables and all that. Well, Sutherland had a similar system. And at the beginning of this season, they had their whites playing the stripes. And at half time, the stripes, who, who, who were the um, first team defence, were actually leading 4 2. But after this, in the second half, Shackleton and Ford went berserk. And the score ended up 8 6 to the, to the, to the whites, um, with Shackleton and, and, uh, and Trevor Ford, the Welsh centre forward just uh, knocking goals in uh, willy-nilly it was it was incredible however it it gave them i think a false sense of uh, of where they were going to be uh, and 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 uh, uh, you know they were getting lots of plaudits they were actually sneaking into one or two of the uh, of, of the pundits uh, reckoning that uh, if you want an outsider for the title it may be the bank of england clubs the club you need to look for where when they talked about us 
uh, we were the ones that were going to hang on by our fingernails like we had the season before. Anyway, um, uh, they had this, and then lo and behold, the fixtures came out. And who was our first game against? Yes, the Mackhams <laughs> at St. James's Park. I mean, uh, it uh, it's incredible that, um, yeah, it, on 22nd of August, uh, we played them, and lo and behold, we beat them 2 1. Um, and uh, 58,500 in the ground. Um, and our team then was uh, Simpson, Cowell, um, Batty, um, Stoke, uh, Schooler, um, Brennan, Crow, um, uh, Milburn. <laughs> Davies, uh, Keeble, Hannah, and Bobby Mitchell. Now, Sunderland's uh, played that team of, of all-stars, uh, and uh, Jimmy Cowan was was the Scottish goalkeeper. Um, Ray Daniel was the Welsh centre-half. Arthur Wright was playing for England. George Aitken for Scotland. Len Shackleton was in the England team at that time. Um, and Trevor Ford was the centre-forward for Wales. And as I say, they were expected to do, uh, uh, to do wonders, and uh, unfortunately, we, we blunted them a little bit. Uh, first goal came from Shackleton in the first half, and they went in 1-0 at half-time. And then just after uh, the start of the second half, Vic Keeble headed an equaliser. And then, <coughs> excuse me, just before the end, about five minutes before the end, Bobby Mitchell earned the penalty and then slotted one in. Uh, Jack Headley, the, the, the fullback who uh, used to live in Walls End, not far from where I used to live, um, brought Bobby Mitchell down and, and, and he scored the penalty. So we beat them 2-1. An unexpected victory as, as, as far as uh, as far as uh, we were concerned. So, so that got the season off to a reasonable start. Um, but it didn't stay like that. We went another 11 games before we got a win at uh, at uh, at home i mean that that's the reverse of the record we had last season where we won we won we won 12, 11 or 12 on the you know on the bounce where we were losing them uh and getting the odd draws but but it put were right down in 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 the league but it was happening not just to us but it was happening to the to the the Mackhams as well and to to middlesbrough um who were um not doing very well either um and indeed there was one state of the season uh where we were doing so badly it was conceivable that all three northeast teams would disappear from the, the first division and, the, and get relegated I mean, it was unthinkable but it was it looked like it might happen we were playing so badly it, it wasn't true um anyway we we, we get to uh, uh december where, where we're, we're struggling near the bottom and comes the the return of the derby match with Sunderland, and we go to Roker Park, and uh, they're expected to uh, uh, to turn us over at Roker Park. But lo and behold, it didn't happen. Um, Forty nine thousand eight hundred at Roker Park, uh, and uh, Stan Anderson scored the first goal for them, and then Ivor Broaders who joined us along with Jimmy Schooler. A good signing from Manchester City, a very expensive signing from Manchester City, um, in England and uh, a midfielder. 
Neither brought us scored the equaliser. Well, the, the irony in that is, of course, that Neither brought us before before he went to Manchester City. Used to play for for Sunderland. In fact, I think there's a picture of Ivor brought us on 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 one of the one of the strips I've got. Uh, that's him. That's Ivor brought us in a in a black and white strip. And if you move it on, I think the next one's. That's him in a in the Roker Park in a, in a Macam strip uh, against Tottenham, and uh, he he uh, he ended up going to Manchester City, then coming to us. But as I say, the irony of this one is he scored the equaliser that got us got us the draw in front of forty nine thousand at, at Roker Park. Uh, interesting thing about going to, to that match is that um, uh, there weren't tickets. I mean, now if if we had a match like that now, it would be all ticket. You know, it, it there would be where we we just went and queued at the turnstiles like everybody else, and. Uh, um, Newcastle fans tended to go into the full wall end anyway, but that didn't matter. People just went in, in through the gate like everybody else and just mixed together. And I don't remember there being ever being any real real trouble. A little bit of um banter, maybe, but but not not the sort of uh, uh bottle thrown and goodness knows what I think you would get if it if it happened now. I mean it would it would just be back a... in those days, people used to go to Newcastle one week and Sunderland the next, George. Well, we did, and and, and uh, as I said to you before. Um, because we had relatives in Middlesbrough, we used to occasionally go through to the Middlesbrough match. And the other thing that we did, and I've again mentioned this to you before, if we dad, if there was nobody else, uh, none of the big teams playing locally, Dad and I would go to Gateshead. We'd go to Redruth Park. And in fact, the, the last time uh, we went to Redruth Park was that season, which the last season I talked about, because everybody up here got knocked out the cup except Gateshead. And Gates had got to the sixth round of the FA Cup that season and were knocked out 1-0 by Bolton at Red Youth Park. And, and, and then I remember my father and I going to that. In fact, I think uh, that was a ticket uh, match because the Gates had were worried about the uh, security, uh, the, about the number that would get it in the Red Youth Park. Uh, and my father um, worked at the Close Works in, in Felon. I don't know if you where the Close Works are, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, my dad was worked in there, and he, he knew somebody in there that uh, had connections with Gateshead, and he got a couple of tickets. So, um, yeah, I mean, go, going to one place or the other was wasn't unusual. And as 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 you know, we we lived in Howden, so it was dead easy for us to nip through the the pedestrian tunnel at uh, at, at uh, Howden and catch a bus to to one support us bus to Sutherland. So come come nineteenth uh, of December, we got a one one draw with the Mackens. But more importantly to that is that um, the Christmas games arrived. Um, and again, as, I, as I've said on here before, the FA in their wisdom, and I think it was it was the right thing to do, um, used to try and make some of the uh, derby games uh, over the holiday period so people didn't have far to travel. And our derby games this particular year were against Middlesbrough. So on the 25th of December, that's that's Christmas Day, we went to uh, Ayrson Park um, to play Middlesbrough. And uh, uh, it was going to be a tough game because both teams were were, rock, were sitting quite near the bottom of the league. Um, but lo and behold, we, we, we beat them 3-2. Um, however, it wasn't, it wasn't that easy. 2-0 to them at half time through uh, Johnny Spuler and Jeff Walker. And I don't know what was said in the uh, in the dressing room at half time, 
But the minute they came out, uh, Bobby Mitchell scored. Then Alan Munkhouse equalised. And Jimmy Schooler scored the winner just before the final whistle. Uh, so needless to say, people went home extremely, extremely happy. We didn't go to that one. At least I didn't go to that one. But obviously the family did that lived through there. Yeah. Um, but again, it was it was incredible to uh, uh, go there and get them. And we're desperately needed. As I say, we'd, we'd gone 11 games at home without getting anything which which was absolutely desperate our team on the day was was predictable it was as was the usual it was uh simpson cowell michael schoolers uh brennan stoko um it was uh jackie sorry uh yeah jackie milburn ivor brought us alan brought us alan monkhouse george hannah and bobby mitchell and even in games like these, it we used to useful to have somebody like Jackie Milburn, who was as willing to play down the right wing as he was uh, to play um, at centre forward. Um, an interesting contrast to the sort of thing that uh, that stupid little man did, uh, Dyer did to, to Bobby Robson. You know, I'm not playing on the right wing, sort of thing. Well, well, there's a great player called Jackie Milburn giving you a good example of, of, of how to do it. Um, and then. Saturday, the 26th of December, my birthday as it happens, uh, the return game against Middlesbrough. So uh, the fans, you know, had 40 miles approximately to travel to go to these matches, which was great. Where nowadays we could end up at Brighton or somewhere like that uh, with a match like this, which is just just absolutely balmy. Anyway, um, we came, they came to uh, St. James's Park on 26th. And it wasn't a very happy birthday for me because three two was the score, but the other way around, they got the three and we got the two. Um, yeah, I know three nil at half time. I mean, it, it, it was a giveaway. Um, I remember it, uh, the feeling in the Gallagher corner when, when at half time, you can imagine three nil down, and everybody thought, well, this is it, especially with her. And it was uh, Lind Lindy Delfina. Um, a West Indian player that played for them with great player, Sammy Laurie, who, who eventually went to Charlton, and, and Seamus O'Connell, who uh, was guesting for Middlesbrough from Bishop Auckland. And Seamus O'Connell ended up playing for Chelsea when, when uh, Bishop Auckland's uh, team split up during the, uh, the Manchester Munich uh, thing. Anyway, uh, Seamus O'Connell ended up uh, uh, back at uh, Bishop Auckland and then eventually at Chelsea. After half time, I've a broader scored, uh, and then just before the end, uh, Bobby Mitchell scored a, se a second. But there were really uh, consolation goals. Um, 47,000, 43,000, rather, 700 at the game. Um, went home like I did on, on my birthday, quite disappointed at that result because its, it's implication was quite serious f for us as a, 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 as a team. Uh, where we were in the league and as i say by this time in the season it was conceivable that um all three northeast clubs could actually uh, go down into the into the second division um and uh, it was only a an end of season turnaround of the sort that was we seen last year where we got into a, a, a run of form where we seemed unbeatable um i mean it was just just incredible um i'm just trying to uh, sort out one or two other things steve what's the next photo i've got in and now 
Uh, we've got a couple of team photos here. All uh, right, that's the Arsenal Championship team that won won the championship with this point zero nine nine of a goal, um, and the other ones them in the second strip. I think that's the second strip, which uh, it looks like black and white there, but it actually is bright yellow. You know, it. it uh, however, um, it's an old photograph. So, um, and the reason I'm showing that is, is that. Um, uh there was uh, a period when towards the end of the season where we realized we're probably going to have to beat arsenal to survive and it, that you know to, to beat the the current champions um was going to be something as it happens they weren't doing uh, as well as people expected them to do and uh, so um uh the opportunity might might come its way the next uh, i don't know what the next photo is steve well that's that's our trip to arsenal uh in in the november when arsenal beat with 2-1 it was uh um a close game but uh you know they they, they did what they that was expected of and that's the inside of the, of the program and you can see our team was pretty predictable carol mcmichael schooler brennan stoke Walker, Broadus, Milburn, Hannah, and Mitchell. Um, and uh, actually, the Walker one is, is, isn't right. It, it wasn't actually Walker. It was, it was Alan Monkhouse because Walker had been transferred to, um, to Oldham. But never mind, that, that's another issue. There's quite an issue with programmes if you, if you look closely. Um, what's the next one, Steve? Next picture. Right. That, that's we're back at... Uh, at the match at St James's Park, which, as I say, it, it turned out to be more than important, and I, I'll, I'll keep that till uh, later on. Well, I'll let you get sorted. I'm going to do as right. I always do at this stage of the program. I'm going right. to give a shout right. out to our sponsors. Good. So, a big Good. thank you to Spider Miner, worldwide coverage from Gareth and Nathan and the lads, the only cryptocurrency miner that can mine five different cryptocurrencies at the same time whilst using virtually no energy. And it's VPN protected. Buy yours now at www.miner.spidervpn.org. Thanks to Scott and the lads at Skips and Bins. Uh, you can telephone them at 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks also to LNG Family Funeral Directors. 0913 and the Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD hemp and cannabinoid specialists, www.thegohd.com. Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle. And the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. And thanks to Kai, meet the new game over screen, drop into a Klee Run device near you, available on Apple Store, Google Play, and Kleerun.game. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And if you want to subscribe to the channel, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner and you can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share to your social media and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We are on seven days a week. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean and the rest. It's usually available 24 hours after the show has been broadcast on YouTube. Don't forget as well, you can become a member of the channel by clicking join underneath the video. Or you can pay slightly more and uh, go to nufcmatters.com and click membership and get a pen, a scarf and a membership card and uh, a cup. 
and uh, that is for the pricely fee of £25. It's a one-off payment. You can also put your smartphone over this QR code, which will take you straight to that place on the website. If you're a subscriber, then uh, you can go to nufcmatters.com, email John, and he will send you a free car sticker. Don't forget, we do support the food bank on here. NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk is where you can make a virtual deposit to the bucket. And uh, that is available 365 days of the year. Don't forget as well, we are still doing the raffle. Um, if you are watching this uh, within the month of June and July, we are still doing this monthly raffle for the Alan Shearer Ball. It is nufcmatters.com. 99 tickets available, 2.99 a ticket. Get yourself involved. You've got to be in it to win it. And we also have some uh, wonderful hand-signed T-shirts and mug gift packs, uh, £50 each uh, from NUFCMatters.com, signed by Alan Shearer. Get yourself on NUFCMatters.com. It's a great shop, uh, well worth a visit. Okay, George, back to you, mate. And the, right. uh, the, next, the next picture we had was Arsenal, but I'm sure you've got well, something well, else. Well, yes, yes. I, I said at the beginning that the three teams people thought were going to challenge for the league were um, Arsenal, Preston and West Bromwich Albion. Now, as it happens, two of those teams are teams that my family used to like to go and see, Preston and West Brom, because they always enjoyed a good um, uh, a good uh, football game, a proper football game. And uh, in this particular year, the two West Brom games were, were very close together in, in the September. And the away game, and which uh, quite a few of my family went to, was in the 9th of September. And we drew 2-2 and everybody was very, very happy with that. Uh, Keeble and Mitchell scored and uh, Ryan and Ria Barlow scored for, for West Brom. The return match was at the 16th of September. Now, I've never tried to, I've never worked out why the, the FA put, put the, for the Football League put these uh, games so close together. But this was, uh, I, I think I've once said on one of, one of the channels that this is one of the best football games I've seen uh, from an attacking point of view. Um, it was just incredible and, and stuff. And every time one team went forward, you expected somebody to score. And uh, unfortunately for us, uh, because we're in that bad run of form where we'd had 11 games without getting anything, um, we lost 7-3, which is quite a score to lose by. Went in at half-time 3-0 up, would you believe? Uh, Mitchell, Mitchell, Keeble. And then after half time, I don't know what was said in the dressing room. Johnny Nichols, one, two, three. In a space of 10 minutes, he got a hat trick. Ronnie Allen scored. Frank Griven, Reg Ryan. And then another Ronnie Allen goal just to, just to rub it in. But what a game it was, you know, and 57,800 at that match. Uh, and, and what a game to, to, to see. Um, as I say, with West Brom. Uh, we always felt that you're going to see a good football uh, game. Uh, the manager, Arthur Rowley, was a good footballer. And uh, he, he's, this is, the teams he managed seemed to play his style, his style of, of football. The other uh, team I mentioned was, uh, was soon to come up uh, just shortly after um, the, the, the Christmas was, was Preston North End. And again... You know, I was being told by by my betters at the Chicken Road Academy, well, watch for Tom Finney, watch for this, watch for that, watch for Charlie Wehrman, our ex-centre forward. And uh, off we went to see this game. Uh, what a disaster. Watch watch Charlie Wehrman, all right. He tore us apart. 
Um, again, I never seen Frank Bennon have such a um, a game where he was seemed totally lost. Uh, and he's Frank Bennon was a huge giant of a man. Charlie Wayman was quite a small man, but very nippy, great goal scorer. I mean, a lot of people here absolutely. Uh, uh, not just upset, but absolutely irate that Newcastle sold him to uh, Southampton, and then eventually went went to uh, went to Preston, um, and we we got treated to uh, two Charlie Wayman goals before half time, uh, Bobby Foster, and then it said a Jimmy Baxter penalty, which well, not shouldn't have been Jimmy Baxter. It was it was Tom Finney, yet the program said so. It said Jimmy Baxter, and even this this bit of paper I'm reading from, which is from the website. The World Football website says uh, Billy Back, Jimmy Baxter, and it wasn't. It was Tom Finney, uh, and in fact, I think I've got a photograph of Tom Finney in there somewhere, um, uh, which which will show that's him. That's him at, uh, in that very game, heading towards the, the goal at, at the Gallagher end, and it was, uh, you know, I don't know why the program was wrong. It mainly he was. It wasn't. It wasn't advertised uh, that he was playing that he that, that he was carrying an injury, but but Tom Finney did play and, and uh, absolutely tore us to shreds, and again, which put us really on the brink of uh, of an absolute disaster, and then suddenly um, we started to win some games, um, and uh, start with uh, the. There was five that we won. Uh, well, I just do them as I've got them. Third um, of April against Manchester City. Um, again, this was a game that we weren't expected to win, even though it was at home because our form was so bad. But lo and behold, um, we got four nil by half time. Jackie Milburn, Jackie Milburn, Alan Monkhouse, and Reg Davies. Um, Manchester City came out at half after half time and really give it a go. They got a Johnny Hart penalty, which uh, uh, sort of give them a lift. Uh, Roy Clark got a goal from a corner, and Billy McAdams uh, got a good goal just before the end. But we held on to a four-three win, which uh, we weren't expected to do. And some of the names in that uh, Manchester City team: Bert Troutman, the goalkeeper, of course, the guy who played nearly ninety minutes in the cup final with a broken neck. Um, David Ewan who, and Roy Paul, who were international halfbacks, um, Billy McAdams and Roy Clark, who was who was an international uh, winger. Our team was uh, um, fairly predictable. Uh, the only change in it was that they give an opportunity to a, um, a young halfback called Joe Cooper, and he was a centre half, and, and sorry, a wing half. In the push, Bob Stoke went the centre half uh, and left Frank Brennan out. I think as a result of of, of what had happened against Preston, uh, but it was a disaster. Um, Joe Cooper wasn't really up to it, and they were constantly having to show show him up. So, so that was one win that we got. And then the next one we got was uh, uh, we played Sheffield United, and uh, again it, it was expected to be a difficult game. Uh, it wasn't easy. But lo and behold, with uh, um, I'm trying to see, 36,000 in the ground, nearly 37,000 in the ground. 
and we beat Sheffield United four one. So there was another victory in the in in, in the in the pot, lifting were off the bottom. And the goals were Alan Monkhouse, Alan Monkhouse, Alan Monkhouse, Patrick, uh, Jackie Milburn, and San McNabbit towards the end got a got a consolation for Sheffield United. Alan Monkhouse came to us from Millwall uh, for quite a bit of money, I think about 14 grand. He actually started his career at Thornaby in, in on Teesside, and Newcastle looked at him, but they didn't do anything about it, and he ended up signing for Millwall. But we bought him uh, back, uh, as I say, to, to the northeast uh, for quite a bit of money. But after this season, Alan Monkhouse just disappeared. He... he, he Got to the stage where he couldn't hit the proverbial barn door uh, when he was on the pitch, and, and so he slowly but surely disappeared. But in this match, he, he certainly hit the barn door. So there was another um, great victory as far as we're concerned. It was starting to look like we actually might survive uh, this division. Um, and the next game, home game, that uh, of any significance was against Sheffield Wednesday. Now this one was the one that we should we should have won because they were. They were hedging round the bottom, the same as we, we were, and the Mackhams and the and Middlesbrough were, and we beat them three 0 Bobby Mitchell, Bobby Mitchell, Alan Monkhouse. That was a game I remember, which was was he, Bobby scored twice, but he 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 was the star of the show. He, it was one of those games where he was just uh, um, outstanding to put it mildly, and of course. Uh, uh, the uh, Sheffield Wednesday team had some some well known people in, in their team. Albert Quicksall was who was a played for England quite a lot, a really really talented young player. Uh, Jack Marriott, um, Redfern Frogger who played for England as well. So um, they weren't slouches, but uh, we got a three 0 win, which which hiked us up the league just a little bit more away from the the relegation uh, zone. And then we came to the one which. Uh, which was the Arsenal game where I've had the program, the program you've been hovering over for a while, Steve. I think that that's the Arsenal. Trying to find there we are. Two seconds. We've got a couple of programs here, so I'm going to take a pot look and go for that one. There, we, there it, it is. That, that's the one. That's the one. And uh, this was a game nobody outside of St James's Park expected us to win, but the. The top and bottom of it was they hadn't anticipated that Reg Davis would probably have the best game ever he played for Newcastle United. He tore Arsenal to shreds. Not only did he tear them to shreds, he scored a hat-trick. Um, and by half-time, we were 3-0 up. Uh, and straight after half-time, um, George Hanna added a fourth and led Len White a fifth. And just before the end, Cliff Holton and Arthur Milton, uh, both international players, um, got consolations for Arsenal with 48,000 in the ground. I think you could hear after that match the collective sigh of relief around St James's Park because everybody knew uh, that that was it, that, that, that there was no way we were going to go down after that. With one match left, and that was at Chelsea. I think I might have put the Chelsea programme in. That was the Chelsea game. Well, to lo and behold, we went to Chelsea and won there as well, 2-1, uh, two Jackie Milburn goals. So, you know, we, we spent the season hovering on or about the, the bottom of the league um, and uh, ended up... Uh, I've already talked about the Sheffield United game, that that was the programme for it. And again, 
Now that's that's the cup cup match. I haven't, I haven't spoken about the cup yet. Um, the uh, yeah the uh, we spent hovering about the the bottom of the league. So you can imagine the collective sigh of relief when that Arsenal game was over. The FA Cup. Well, um, we were playing so bad in the league. Nobody realistically uh, thought anybody anything about it. Um, FA Cup. Uh, third round, well, gifted were a home game against a non-league team called Wigan Athletic, and we did we did what Newcastle very uh, often do. We drew two-two with this non-league team, and to be honest, we were lucky to get two-two uh, to get another chance at them because they they played very well and, and and gave us a very very tough time. So within a uh, uh, couple of days on the Wednesday, uh, the, the the replay was at Wigan. Now this is a one where my my it was a ticket match, so um, the the Chicken Road Academy went and seen Alfie Hollands and said, "Will you run the bus to Wigan and get some tickets?" And and he did. So they all went off to Wigan for, for this this replay and had a fantastic time. Now I have to say that the 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 the, the, the press around the, the the game was brilliant because all the the Wigan fans and and uh, staff praised the Newcastle fans and 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 uh, team and, and directors for the way they were received in Newcastle. They had a fantastic time in Newcastle. And then they repeated it again when they went to Wigan because it was the biggest crowd that Wigan had ever had. Um, well, they were non-league, but even so, they had a, had a quite a big ground. Um, so they, they went and they they won 3-2. Um, again, another good game, but a, but a one which... Uh, uh, Jackie Milburn, Sean, and, and and really brought brought the brought the bacon home. The fourth round round brought brought at uh, away to Burnley, uh, and I think because it was away, most people thought, well, that's that's that. We're not going to, um, they will not get any further than this. But they they drew one one with it with a headed goal from Vic Keeble. Um, I think that you had the Burnley program on there. Yeah, we had it up before. Yeah, um, and uh, it uh, it was. Uh, Great uh, relief that we, we got the draw to bring the bring them back to St James's Park on the on the Wednesday, February the third, and we beat them one nil. So the hopes started to uh, rise a little bit that we might just might just do something in the FA Cup, especially by the time the fifth round came round, because we were starting into, the, into that win and run that we had with, with the league games. Unfortunately, we were drawn uh, away to West Brom. And uh, we were we we lost three two to West Brom. They they they, they uh, just got the edged edged the, uh, the the winning goal in what was a, a fantastic match. So so my uh, my family tell me it was. Um, so it it was a season to uh, uh, end seasons. I mean, I've I got the uh, see at the beginning the number of people we brought in. Uh, Bobby Ferguson, who's played for a while, Schooler, Stuart Mitchell, a goalkeeper from Scotland, Ivor Broadus, Bill Curry, a, a, a youngster we brought in for ourselves, Alan Monkhouse from Millwall, um, Albert Franks from Sunderland, who, who Sunderland were getting rid of because they'd brought all these people in. Now, Albert Franks stayed with us for quite a while and was a, a good uh, a good squad player. And Bill Punton from Porter Down, who, who was a good left winger for, for a while, and Bobby Cummins from New Hartley. So th there was a lot of activity uh, at St James before the season even started. 
and of course the the the, the out the out uh, side was uh, John Duncan who retired injured. Uh, Joe Harvey retired and went went to Crook Town. Frank Houghton, who played for Newcastle for a lot of years, um, was uh, was released uh, in the hope he could get another contract somewhere else. But I, I think it was the main thing. I, Frank was uh, Frank was uh, on his way out. I think it's fair to say. And then there was George Luke, who were let go to Hartlepool. Now, interestingly, George Luke would have a great ten years at Hartlepool. Fantastic time at Hartlepool be the star player and guess what we got into trouble 10 years later and we're scrapping around for players and we brought George Luke back he ended up playing on the left wing on Newcastle again 10 years after we'd got rid of him and it you know it, re it reflects on some of the things the lads were saying last night about looking after Elliot Anderson and all this sort of thing I reckon if somebody looked after George Luke we wouldn't have to look for a, a replacement for Bobby Mitchell there was a replacement mm. there who were brought back 10, 10 years later. Uh, so, you know, that that was a sort of turmoil that was going on at St. James's Park at the time. Um, I'm trying to think what else I was going to look at. Oh, final position in the league. Average attendance was about 47,000, something like that. And, uh, yeah, uh, Wolves won the league, were the champions. West Brom were second. And uh, we were... 15th. Uh, but when you look at the the uh, the points down below, Middlesbrough actually did go down with Liverpool on 30 points. We had 38. The Mackhams were 18th on 36 points. So they weren't too far away either. So that bottom of the league was was you know from from bottom up to us was covered 10 points. It was it was ridiculous uh, the way it was, but it was. Uh, as I say, we were on the right side of it uh, at the time, um, but it was a. It had been a cold sweat for a long time, is how all I can describe it. Because at that period where we went eleven games without without getting anything at home, really put were, were down on the bottom, and uh, as I say, um, there was a period around the Christmas time when all three northeast clubs could conceivably have have disappeared. So it was a, um, not a not a. Not a cup season. It was a season. It, it um, I'm the, the the Newcastle official website describes it as a season of transition. <laughs> I would describe it as a series, a season of sheer bloody panic because that's what we're in most most of the time. Um, but nevertheless, still, you know, like I keep saying, it's Newcastle United, so it's entertaining. Win or lose, it's always entertaining. Yeah, fantastic, George. Just as uh, doing a show with you every week, mate, is very entertaining as well. George, we'll leave it there. Look forward to uh, joining you again next week, mate, for another Those Were The Days. Thanks very Thanks, much, George. Thanks, Steve. Nice to do it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.